Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. It is a continuation of Fight Week. Sorry that we missed you yesterday. I know we said we do shows every day this week, but got a little busy yesterday. So uh, combining a couple into today's episode, it is going to be a big episode. We have a lot going on in the NFL with free agency. Um, some really, really tough news from the world of baseball. A couple quick thoughts on the NHL and the NBA, as well as some quick thoughts as we get ready for UFC 286 this weekend. A Saturday afternoon show, which was um, something I was not anticipating. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I wasn't, but uh, that's what it is going to be. And then, of course, we have how they were built, the Kansas City Chiefs. I promise this time, no half hour spent on uh, one trade. If you want that, then it's earlier this week with the, or sorry, last week with uh, the Patrick Mahomes trade tree. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get to the show. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! Let's begin with the NFL. Um, as Aaron Rodgers is apparently destined for the New York Jets, although a trade has not happened yet. And man, if I am the Jets, I am so far out on this. Like, I, I know he came, went on the Pat McAfee show, like, look, it'd be ridiculous if I went there and said, look, I demand that you sign um, free agents X, Y, and Z. That, that would be absolutely absurd. As if the rest of this thing hasn't been absurd. As if him going to a darkness retreat, which by the way, I've heard there are quite the benefits for, uh, too. But as if him going to a darkness retreat to decide if he wants to play football or not, it's just a totally normal thing that everyone does. There is nothing normal about this situation, and I <laughs> I am blown away by his arrogance and by everyone's like, oh, well, see, look at this, the, the, the insiders have been proved wrong, as if the dude's not lying through his teeth. I am not going to believe for a second that he didn't say, like, I'm not saying give me Alan Lazard or give me retirement, but I do think he probably made it abundantly clear, like, these are the guys that I want on this team, and when you look at what made the Jets so great last year, um, or so interesting last year, great would be a vast overstatement probably, but what, what made the Jets so interesting last year, th there was some really young, exciting talent. You know what Aaron Rodgers didn't handle all that well last year? Young players. And so I, I just don't think when you look at... Um, when you look at what the Jets kind of need and where the Jets are, and when you look at what Aaron Rodgers wants and needs and where Aaron Rodgers is right now, I really don't think they they really mesh up. Like, th this feels like something that could, like, it seems good on paper. We've been saying for a while that the Jets need uh, an improvement at quarterback, and if they get an improved quarterback, this team, ha or they have the team that can make a, a real run in the AFC East and in the AFC in general. However... This does feel like something that can completely fuck with a room. Like, that this feels like the, the type of move now that can really offset anything positive they were building a season ago. Is Aaron Rodgers a better quarterback than the, the guys that they had there last season? Yes. Are we sure? Are we sure he's still good? You know, like, we, we just did this last year, right? Russell Wilson, coming off of a thumb injury, didn't have his best season, but he looked serviceable. Goes to the goes to the Denver Broncos, and their season goes to shit. 
Are we sure this isn't going to happen again? Aaron Rodgers, look, came on strong in the back part of the season. They didn't play anybody, but he looked strong at the end of the season. But for a lot of it, he was really bad last year. There was a lot of just not great, and he was not nurturing and developing some young players with that team the way he's going to be responsible for with the New York Jets. Like, this this seems like a really, really bad fit. And it seems like the type of move that could just offset all of the good work that the Jets have done over the last couple of years. I may have brought it up on here before, but uh, if not, I think the Raiders replacing Carr with Garoppolo doesn't make a lick of sense at all. Um, and then, god damn, man, like, it's the it's the offseason, I get it, but A, trading Darren Waller for a third, I hate it. Uh, apparently there are a bunch of good tight ends in the draft. I don't know, Kyle Pitts was a can't-miss prospect, and for a couple of years, boy, seems to have missed. But I... I, I just get frustrated. You, they, they threw up the, the graphic. I think it was PFF where it was, look at the offensive weapons for the Raiders. They have Jacobs, uh, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and now they've added Jacoby Myers. It's like, you know, probably could have stopped that at four. I don't think Jacoby Myers does anything for this offense. The best thing Jacoby Myers did last year for the Raiders was throw that ball to Tyson Chandler, or not Tyson Chandler, Jesus Christ. Um, but to, to throw that ball to Chandler Jones in the, um, uh, in that wild, weird game that the, the Patriots had the most debilitating loss in like the history of sport. So I, the, the kid's not that good. Like, I don't, that was such a weird, like, oh, well, now the Raiders offense is set. Like, really? I think they were completely set beforehand, and now this is a guy who's, like, a fine number three receiver. But to me, and we went over this before, the, the validation, or I, I guess the justification for Derek Carr getting released by the Vegas Raiders and them going a different direction a quarterback would be, okay, so you draft a young quarterback, put him into that spot, um, maybe sign like an Andy Dalton type or whatever, and now you have saved 10 to $15 million that you can go and spend and fill some of the other gigantic holes that this team has. And to this point, they've accomplished none of that. They've signed a quarterback that still costs a boatload of money who we're still not totally sure is actually good or can actually stay healthy. They've seen a quarterback needy team move ahead of them in the draft so that now the Raiders are in a spot where the third or fourth best quarterback is potentially going to fall to them. And this whole offseason just feels like it's been an absolute disaster from a Raiders standpoint. And I just really wish I could cheer for a team that seemed like they knew what they were doing. Moving into baseball, Edwin Diaz, um, with just a heartbreaking injury last night at the, the World Baseball Classic. I will admit, I was like I, I was supposed to record yesterday, and I got caught up watching Puerto Rico against the Dominican Republic. The passion that the fans and the players had was remarkable. Also, Yadier Molina retired and aged 45 years in like two months. Oh, but uh, beside the point, that was so much fun, and that game, and this whole uh, couple of weeks, like the World Baseball Classic has been spectacular with the play of Japan. Um, we, we've talked about it before, like Italy had a few players where it's like, oh, cool, Detroit had a dude from Nicaragua, um, that they signed him like during the World Baseball Classic, and then he goes to strike out the side. Like, it, it's just, it's so, it's been so cool, and the passion that everyone has, and now Cuba's gonna be playing their, um, I guess, playoff games, for lack of a better term, in Florida. That's going to be dope. So that there's so much going on, and yet 
now there is this black eye on it because last night after striking up the side in the ninth inning, Edwin Diaz is celebrating and his knee explodes. And I thought this was going to be like a broken situation because the the one foot was pointing north, the other one was pointing east. Like it, it, it seemed like a bad, 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 bad situation. Um, and so the Jeff Passan report comes in Mets closer Edwin Diaz tore the patellar tendon in his right knee during the celebration after Puerto Rico's WC victory against the Dominican Republic. He will need surgery and he is out for the season and the pitchforks are out now for the world baseball classic saying that this is why, yeah, you can't be have can't be having this. If he'd have blown his shoulder out in those, then I, I can understand that. But th- this is a, this is something that could happen. It, walking, you know, th- this is an injury that could happen if you are trying to knock like a tree branch off of something. Like this is just this is one of those shit happens. Anyone who didn't like the WBC is now going to be able to to blame the WBC, but that's that's just simply not the case for the Mets. Now, I would imagine some kind of move is in order because. That's what the Mets do. They, uh, again, they, they they like to solve all of their problems very aggressively. So we'll see what the Mets do. But it's just, it's so unfortunate. But it's nothing more than that. It's not the WBC's fault. It's not Edwin Diaz's fault. It's not Puerto Rico's fault. It's just a shit thing that happened. And sometimes shit things just happen. Moving into the NHL quickly, the Flames are taking on the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. I will be on after the game for Game Over Calgary which should be interesting, but this team is done. Like that was uh, another tough showing against the Arizona Coyotes. And yes, like Markstrom's been playing better. So that gives you confidence going into next season. But this has been, it's just been a disaster. And I'm, we are seeing the final few games of Brad Treliving as the coach, We sh- or as the GM, sorry. We should be seeing the last few games of Daryl as head coach. Like I, I can't think of one good reason to keep him around with the exception of, well, you're paying him. That's basically it. And for the Flames, unfortunately, that's enough. Um, that's that. That's where it is going to be right now. Is just that they, they, they are paying him already. So, sorry. Um, which has to be incredibly frustrating from a, a Flames fan standpoint. Moving into the NBA, the Toronto Raptors continue to push their way up the standings as they are now into ninth place and still have the opportunity to get into that 7-8 game. They'd be on the road, but if they could get into that 7-8 game, you feel a little bit better about things. Like, the the, the best place to be in the East right now is in the 4-5. Um, that's certainly out of the question now for the Raptors as I try to frantically pull up the standings. Um, yeah, the Raptors are seven games back of the New York Knicks with 13 to play. So fifth isn't happening, but if they could get into that eight game, take on Miami, if you win that one, like they're going to get absolute shit kicked by Milwaukee or by Boston. They probably would have by Philadelphia. Like if they could have got into that six spot that, I mean, a rematch with Philadelphia would be interesting, but it's probably not going to happen now. Their best hope is that they get into the seven, eight, they beat Miami and then just catch Boston kind of sleeping a little bit. Like that's, that is their best hope, but things are turning around a little bit. Like defensively, just getting Pirtle in there makes this team make so much more sense on defense. On offense though, it it was clicking the other night against Denver. They were crushing it, crushing it, crushing it. And then there was about a five minute stretch where just no one moved on offense and it just got completely bogged down in the mud and the Nuggets went on a bit of a run. And that, it was two parts there. 
One, they couldn't make a basket in the half court. And th that has been this Raptors team, th this Raptor team's issue basically since Kawhi left is that they, they, they are unable to make any kind of, um, any kind of headway in the actual half court. A lot of their offense can come in fast break situations off of their defense, but when teams are making it, like Denver started to do, like Boston will in the playoffs probably, or Milwaukee, you don't get those transition opportunities. You don't get the opportunity to kind of catch the other team off guard a little bit. And so that's where this team continues to struggle and is, I think, going to be their Achilles heel. And I, I just look at it, and it would be hilarious if they did it to just do a complete reset. The perfect guy to fix this right now would be DeMar DeRozan, a, a guy who can just kind of get a bucket when you need him to. And there, there's all this talk about Damian Lillard after the 71-point game last month, and, oh, is he going to be a disgruntled guy? They just need someone who would be able to create. And now, I, I they don't have the assets to go out and make, like, the Dame Lillard trade, but that kind of thing would be perfect. It, they, they just... It is the thing that they had before they got Kawhi, and it's now the thing they've had since losing Kawhi. They just need another guy on offense to score. Um, Scotty Barnes isn't it yet. Siakam can be for stretches, but he's started to struggle again. They just need another guy who can create in the half court, and it'll start to improve things a little bit. So, there's just a quick run around the, the world of sports. Now let's get into how the Super Bowl champions were built. Some of the music on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. I'd like to do this after every championship. Uh, obviously, we are a little delayed in this one with the Kansas City Chiefs after their win in the Super Bowl, a thrilling contest over the Philadelphia Eagles. So now we see how Kansas City was built. We know about how they got the quarterback because that turned into a 35-minute episode on Thursday regarding all the different trade trees that spiraled off of that one, but they draft Patrick Mahomes with the 10th overall pick in 2017. At running back, Isaiah Pacheco was a 7th round pick in last year's draft, and Jarek McKinnon, a 2021 free agent signing. At tight end, you know him, you love him, it's Travis Kelsey. Simple, it's a 3rd round pick. The other receivers that Mahomes has to throw to, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a free agent signing, Sky Moore was a second round pick in 2022, and Juju Smith-Schuster was one and done with Kansas City. He goes to New England after signing with Kansas City in 2022 as a free agent. On the offensive line, uh, Orlando Brown play, uh, started 17 games this season, was acquired in a trade along with the 2021 first, uh, sorry, second round pick that turns into a player we'll talk about a little bit later and a 2022 sixth for a 2021 first with, which ends up being, um, Odafe Awe, who has turned into a pretty good player for Baltimore. Also a 2021 third, a 2021 fourth and 2022 fifth. Um, so this is, this is one of those trades where it kind of helps both teams and Kansas City and Baltimore, as we went through on the trade tree on Thursday, Kansas City and Baltimore seem to have a couple of those, but this one, you get uh, a starting tackle in Orlando Brown. You get uh, another starter in, I guess there's no reason to, to build the suspense. It's Nick Bolton who started at linebacker for this team. Um, so you get that 
and Baltimore gets Awe, who has turned into a pretty good pass rusher for their team. So another win-win deal there. Uh, Andrew Wiley, their guard, started 17 games this season. He was signed, or he was released by the LA Chargers off their practice squad and brought in by the Chiefs, and now he has helped out on the offensive line there. Uh, at center, Creed Humphrey was a 2021 second round pick, started all 17 games. Also on the offensive line, they had Joe Tooney and Trey Smith. Smith, a sixth round pick in 2021. Tooney, a 2021 free agent signing. Um, so that's the offensive side of things. Let's just keep rolling under the defense. We already went over Nick Bolton. He gets acquired in that trade. Also at linebacker is Willie Gay. He was a 2022nd that they got for D Ford. Gay Jr. started seven, uh, sorry, 13 games last season. You also get Leo Cronall at linebacker. He was uh, someone who started eight games this year. He was picked with the 103rd overall pick in this year's draft. Defensive tackle, it's Chris Jones, 2016 second round pick that was acquired in a trade with San Francisco. Also, Derek Naughty, who we talked about in the trade tree, he gets acquired from Baltimore. Um, the pick, anyway, gets acquired from Baltimore in exchange for a pick that ends up turning into Mark Andrews. Uh, defensive end, George Karloftis, 2022 first, and Frank Clark is acquired in a trade with Seattle in 2019. In the secondary, it's Legereus Sneed, a 2020 fourth round pick, and Trent McDuffie, a 2022 first that was acquired in a deal with New England as the uh, Chiefs moved up, I believe it was eight spots with a, a deal with New England. Um, at safety, Justin Reed, a 2022 free agent signing, and Juan Thornhill, a 2020, or sorry, 2019 second round pick that was acquired in a deal with Marcus Peters. The thing that kind of struck me is when you look at this team and you think of the win now teams, right? Which you have Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City's going to be a win now team for the next about 10, 15 years with that guy. That, that's just, that's that's how it's going to be. But when you look at how Kansas City has, at how Kansas City has gone about building this thing um, just in the last few years, you notice a lot of turnover, don't you? Like when, when we were going through that, there's a lot of 2021, 2022, 2000, uh, a couple of 2020s in there. That Like there's, there's quite a few new faces there for a team that has been toward the top for a while. And a, a thing that I think you expect, especially after what the Rams did in uh, building up their championship team, it's, it's very patient. I was expecting to see a lot of, well, they traded this pick, this pick, this pick, this pick to bring in this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And it's kind of the opposite of that. Like they're just, there isn't a whole lot of that on this team. Like you look, the offensive line, they make a trade to go get Orlando Brown. But after that, free agent signing, second round pick, sixth round pick, free agent signing. On defense, second round pick, second round pick, third round pick, second round pick, third round pick, first trade for Frank Clark, fourth round pick, first round pick, free agent signing, and a second round pick. There isn't, they just kind of let things come to them. And that that was something that I was very impressed with was how, how just, you don't really get a sense of desperation in this. It's okay, well, we're going to continue to build this team, quite frankly, properly. You know, like, there isn't a a real, like, oh my gosh, that everything is burning down to the ground and, and all of that. Um, you get kind of a, a sense of, yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll keep drafting, we'll keep developing, we'll, we'll, we'll keep kind of filling the holes in. 
And you look at their their last few drafts, there isn't a, we have to get a wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes right now. There's a confidence that you have the guy at quarterback. And so instead of like rushing out and sacrificing the future a few years from now to help him out, they just keep building. They keep building properly. And now when you look at this team, it does kind of feel like they're set up in a, a pretty good way. Like there wasn't a whole lot of, we've seen over the past few days, we've seen a couple of players in the offensive line leave. Um, and we've seen a couple of free agents just in general leave this team. But overall, there wasn't a whole lot of like old dudes on there. Travis Kelsey would be the the the, the one that you would probably worry about the most is that it, it's a lot of hard yards on that body over the last little bit. And eventually that's going to, to break down and he has kind of been the safety blanket. But this team has been so level-headed in building this championship team. It feels like they're set up pretty well for a while now. And so I think the lesson to be learned from how Kansas City was built, don't panic. You have the best quarterback in the world. That allows you to not panic, by the way. Like, I, I am not I am not mistaking the thought that this is a team that, like, desperately, um, or th that other teams would desperately want to be in their spot by having the best quarterback in the world. And because of that, you can be a bit more chill about some other things. But it's not, okay, we have this guy. We have to go out and get eight different receivers. All right, Tyree Kill doesn't want to be here, doesn't want to be here. We'll bring in Sky Moore and a bunch of other guys and we'll piece some things together. They go and get Kadarius Tony, and he turns into a big piece of uh, a championship winning team. Um, a couple of other guys leave. The offensive line gets banged up in the Super Bowl. All right, let's draft some replacements on the offensive line. It has been such a smart, level-headed way of building a championship team. You just don't see this a whole lot, and I think it very much is kind of a, um, a lesson that I think a lot of teams can learn from. We, we see this a lot with like LeBron James where, all right, well, we have to win now with LeBron. Let's go out and get like veteran, 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 veteran. And all of a sudden Ben fucking Wallace is on Cleveland and the, the team doesn't make a lick of sense, but we had to go out and get all these guys because we have LeBron. Smart building, smart, smart team building from the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's just go right into today's ticket. Obviously the main focus of the sports world today is going to be on March Madness, but there's still a little bit left in the, uh, the the sports world otherwise. And look, I'm not a massive college basketball dude, so we're not going to get an in-depth college basketball breakdown on this particular program. Looking at the NBA first, we just talked about the, the Raptors and maybe having some troubles to, to or some struggles, sorry, um, in scoring the basketball. I still think they can beat Oklahoma City tonight. So we're going to go with the Raptors minus six on uh, that particular one. Also, uh, Phoenix against Orlando, I don't love that one. Yeah, there isn't a whole lot. Not an overly competitive night um, on the old basketball calendar. So let's go into the National Hockey League, and it is a busy night in the um, in the NHL. That We talked about Vegas against the, the Flames tonight. I feel like Markstrom is good enough that they can kind of hang around, and so that minus one and a half maybe doesn't look phenomenal. Actually, you know what? That's pretty good value. Vegas just straight up to win, minus 105 at Betway. We're going to do that one there for sure. Uh, also, Colorado taking on the Ottawa Senators. I know Colorado just played last night and didn't put up a ton of points, but 
they're better than Ottawa. So we're going to go Colorado minus a goal and a half in that one. Real good matchup tonight. Pittsburgh against the Rangers. That's going to be a stay away. That's going to be a heck of a hockey game. One that isn't is going to be Chicago against Nashville. Also, Edmonton against Dallas should be a lot of fun as well. We're going to leave that one alone. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Only three games on the, the card today. So we are going to go with the Colorado Avalanche minus a goal and a half. We're going to go with Vegas just to win straight up against the Flames. And we are going to go with the Toronto Raptors minus six against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We are hitting track and that is it for the show today. Thank you all so much for downloading and for listening. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can and we will talk to you all tomorrow on Fight Preview Day. Have a good day, everyone. Talk to you all later.